0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I am Rachel Jones.
1: And I'm Kim Hahn.
0: And I'm Alex Ashkin. Thanks for joining us for a new edition of Indiana's only queer public affairs radio show. We conveniently post a podcast, WFHB.org, so if you can't listen live, you can hear us and other episodes online via the WFHB website.
1: Each and every week we produce a show by and for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and ally communities. And I also want to mention that we're joined by comedian, uh, North Carolina comedian Lauren Faber. So welcome Lauren. Thanks. Happy to be here.
2: Yep. Our listeners can always count on us to cover the most pressing issues, interesting people, and the latest events reflecting on the LGBTQ plus life in Indiana the U.S. and worldwide.
1: And I also want to mention that we are on Facebook Live on WFHB. So if while you're listening, uh, folks out there, uh, pop in. Join us for any questions or comments. Um, Our featured stories today include the signed California Legislation Senate Bill 179, better known as the Gender Recognition Act. We also have an international news story covering the recent reports from Australian news outlet, The Age, that details the entrapment and persecution of Egyptian men using the dating app Grindr, by the Egyptian government.
0: Our final story for tonight will look at the recent federal judge's decision to block the Trump administration's so-called transgender military band. And later in our show, we will be joined by our comedian, Lauren Faber.
2: Our featured story tonight revolves around the recent legislation signed by California Governor Jerry Brown, Senate Bill 179. This is a -a one-of-a-kind policy that opens up official recognition of gender non-binary individuals, not only on identification items such as driver's license, but also on birth certificates. California joins
1: Oregon and Washington, D.C. to officially recognize non-binary individuals. California Senate Bill 179 was signed into law by Governor Jerry Brown on October 15th. The Senate bill, which acknowledges people who identify as a non-binary gender, is the first of its kind in the nation to allow for a gender-neutral birth certificate.
0: Oregon and Washington, D.C. already had legislation that allowed non-binary or non-gender-neutral to be printed on driver's license. A similar measure to California's Senate Bill 179 has also been proposed in New York.
1: Okay, so folks, how are you feeling about it?
0: I think it's a really
2: interesting issue as a whole. Um, I think it's really sort of a progression of uh, people's abilities to self-identify and kind of help create their own uh, self-understanding. And it's really interesting because, frankly, I think this is sort of a discussion that in a lot of ways can only happen you know in the last few years. Um a lot of these things I think were not really a part of the cultural zeitgeist or sort of the public sphere in a way uh that they are now compared to, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago.
0: I think that is absolutely true. I think it, it came maybe in the last three or four years it really started to develop um, prior to that being transgender, you really had to follow um, a guideline. There was something called the Harry Benjamin Protocol, which set down what it meant to be transgender. And if you didn't meet that, you weren't considered transgender. And that forced a lot of people to own to something that they didn't believe simply so they could further who they were, Um I do find, though, it's a pendulum that I think is grabbing people, and there are so many different. If you look at gender and sexuality as being fluid, mm-hmm. I truly want to identify as female, and I, I I think the pendulum's moving everybody to where they almost have to say, I'm I'm binary or I'm nonconformist and. I think there's room for everybody and wherever you happen to fall on that spectrum. How about you, Lauren?
3: (laughs) This is funny. I've actually um, been talking to a specialist uh, psychologist who specializes in trans issues. And we've been talking about kind of like the options that are available to me. So there's like cosmetic surgery. There's um, hormone therapy. And I've had to like interrogate myself about, you know, like I don't want to have a beard and be a man, but I don't want to be a woman and mm-hmm. he kind of pulls out his book and he's like I don't think we have
1: a protocol for that right because just th- human
3: yeah mm-hmm. you're, I think in some <laughs> instances you're required to do a year of hormone therapy before you can have a mastectomy and that's not really something really? that appeals to me specifically and I know there are new transgender health guidelines coming out and I think it might be getting better but that's it, there doesn't
0: fit currently I, I didn't know you still had to do that mm. really
3: yeah i I think I was just looking at some of in, my insurance options, and i don't didn't see that in the ones that were available to me as an employee of a wonderful university but mm-hmm. uh, yeah they there isn't a protocol
2: I, I mean honestly, that's something to me that's sort of curious because um it, it always seems like in the sort of natural action of the state and the federal government to sort of create this regimented pathway of like recognizing a specific status um, it's sort of interesting though because uh, you know I guess as somebody who identifies as cisgendered like <laughs> it's it, it sort of I don't know if it's sort of culture just gonna have to pull up and sort of demand in a certain sense from the government that we kind of help outline and recognize these different groups as they sort of begin to pick up more critical mass in a sense.
0: Well, I find the polarization so interesting. So if you look at right-wing conservative government that we have right now trying to push us in one direction – and California and Oregon and Washington, D.C., being another poll trying to be more accepting. Man, where is this going to fall, you guys?
2: It'll be really interesting. I think it'll be, you know, a great thing to sort of see where the nation as a whole sort of stands on the issue and if this does begin to pick up more along with um, sort of more progressive Uh, blue states and if that kind of helps carry the wave.
3: Yeah, I think we think of things as this like steady march of progress, this like wave that we
0: ride. Uh And I
3: think that that is not always true. I mean, if you think about, I don't know if anyone watches Transparent, but there's that moment when there's that Institute for Sexual Studies. Uh um, And it's this incredibly progressive, beautiful moment. And then it gets shut down by like angry youths who are burning things and i wonder if you mentioned a pendulum i wonder if that is how history and justice works where it's like oh we're doing so great now we have to have a horrible backlash and then we start mm-hmm. over and i think i'm i'm a little nervous i am anxious about where things are going
0: could th-
1: it could it be two steps forward one step back
3: i hope um, that, that that's better than one <laughs> step forward two
1: steps back
0: it's the door could close mm-hmm. yeah i mean look what we had last administration with with Obama opening up transgender to the military and the completely reversal after all these people have outed themselves.
3: Yeah, I think think Obama was maybe three steps forward and Trump feels like 37 steps back.
2: (laughs) Well, tonight we have a trick in store for our listeners, or excuse me, a treat, (laughs) or should I say a trick?
1: (laughs) (laughs) As we near the heart of the autumn season... The leaves have fallen from the trees, and all the ghouls and ghosts celebrate and dance.
0: Okay, I don't have the cool voice. (laughs) There there is no bigger celebration of metamorphoses or the occult in the weird than Michael Jackson's best-selling album, Thriller. This November 30th will mark the album's 35th anniversary, and it retains its title as best-selling music album of all time, according to the Recording Industry Association of America, (laughs) R-I-I-A.
1: We open tonight with wannabe starting something off of his album, Thriller.
0: Okay, you were listening to Want to Be Starting Something from Michael Jackson's Thriller. So, Rach, what else is going on in the news this week? Okay, you know what? So we were talking about how bad things are getting here. Let's take a look at Egypt um, with morality police and the morality police setting people up on Grindr and arresting them and the new laws that they're trying to pass on... Anti-LGBT rights. How, how many of you guys have followed any of this stuff?
1: So, so, so men in Egypt are being lured into uh, hotels using the app Grinder, right. and then they're sort of being ambushed
0: and arrested. So, so homosexuality is not actually against the law in Egypt, but. They're arresting them on debauchery, and the whole thing is a bit sketchy, but they're trying to pass new laws which would make it not only illegal to perform homosexual acts in public, but also in private. And this is the thing that I I find the most amazing. Anyone who is in any way supportive of LGBT rights— punishable by a minimum of one year and a maximum of three years in prison. So let's say your kid happens to be gay and you love your kid. And I'm, I'm just making the hypothetical right. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you say in support can land you in prison. Come on, you guys. Well, I mean,
2: I think it's pretty wild to begin with, but it's sort of interesting when you start putting it into the conception of like the modern Egyptian state. Because that was w- one thing that really kind of changed during the Arab summer or excuse me Arab spring uh we're waiting for the Arab summer, <laughs> Yeah, and um, it's
0: a pyramid scheme
2: oh, <laughs> puns. I couldn't help it you guys sorry, <laughs> but uh between uh the government of uh Hosseini or uh Excuse me. Uh, Mohamed Hosni Mubarak. Yeah. Very nice. Thank, Thank you. You, you. Wow. You're on you
4: top of that. this. Lauren. I was there for
3: the first multi-party elections. Don't worry about
2: it. What? what? Can we hear about that? Yeah. And I was what? kissing a
3: girl. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. It
2: sounds scandalous, at least for Egypt. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> so as a whole, like, did you kind of sense any sort of cultural sort of strife at all while you were there? Um...
1: You lived there for six months, right?
3: Or yeah, I was there for a fall semester, um, okay. and I and I have been back. Uh, it was very clear that there were separate rules for kind of the elite folk and, um, and the normal folk. So we were told to wear conservative clothing when I was studying at the American University in Cairo, and then we would watch girls walk in in like nothing, because they would get dropped off at the door in their cars. So there were separate rules, but I think in 2001, there was the incident on the queen boat with the the Cairo 52 or the Egypt 52. So this has kind of been going on. um, And I feel like the Arab Spring didn't really do very much in Egypt. It possibly regressed it. I think when Mubarak was in power, there was kind of a a detente, like things were okay. Things were terrible, but there was some sort of like a stasis. And then they had the Muslim Brotherhood. Then that was overthrown by uh, al-Sisi. And I think people thought that he was going to be kind of a moderating influence. But I think what we understand now is that... The Egyptian military was always in charge, and if anything now, it's gotten a lot worse. But I think something interesting to think about is the fact that sodomy was illegal in the U.S. until 2003.
2: Yeah, in all states?
3: Not all states, but there were several states, and that was the Lawrence v. Texas was the decision that made Mm -hmm. that not allowed. But Bowers v. Hardwick in 84 was a situation where the Supreme Court affirmed
0: that that could be banned. Mm -hmm. Do you know what year... I mean, I know along fifties, you could be arrested for if I walking down the street, transgender, dressed as a woman, I could be arrested.
3: Yeah, they would like be, be the count of articles of clothing that were not in line with your gender.
0: Wow. Yeah,
3: but even in in England, there was a county that passed a code in nineteen, I think ninety eight, that banned the promotion of homosexuality. So, I think we we think this is wild, but I think we're not that far away from it in this like progressive West that we live in.
0: Well, you know what? Th- that's something that needs to be brought up too because we're talking about binary or we were in the past and all the different spectrums of gender. Sexuality is completely mm-hmm. a- another whole boat to travel. So gender and sexuality don't correspond necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how does the county that, passed anti-gay legislation how would they view transsexuality because it's a different animal and at what point does then if I'm a transsexual woman and I like women, am I gay? Am I a lesbian? Um, if I like men, am I then straight? What?
3: Well that's something that I think is blows my mind every time I think about it is the fact that in Iran if you're gay, they just pay for your gender reassignment surgery. Right, if
0: you're trans, they will pay for your but gender reassignment surgery, but
3: my understanding is also if you're gay, that's how you can get out of it. That <laughs> that they will treat what clearly is you're just like being in the wrong body for you. <laughs>
0: yeah, but what a great are thing just, for me if I went over there. Yeah, but I, is it still can I go a choice? To the wrong? But can i, I have I mean, to be able to leave.
1: I mean, are people like okay? That's okay. With them to be re- there, transgender the, okay. No, no, no. But is it okay for them to get the surgery, or are people being forced to get the surgery? I guess is what I'm asking. I,
3: I'm not 100 percent sure. My impression of it was that if you wanted to get out of being punished for homosexuality, the option was available to you to change, change genders, right, that- and then you could date the. The gender that you wanted to date, you just had to have a different body. Then and
1: only then. Okay, so that's well, you would messed date the,
0: the corresponding gender. So mm. if you were male to female, you would then date men. Right. Right. So mm. yeah, it's a it's a weird way to think about it. <laughs> but but imagine, look at the difference between Iran and Egypt. Um, at least they recognize <clears throat> the existence of um, transgender to the point that they actually would. Support it mm-hmm. a- as a I mean what a difference in countries and and
3: theoretically citing the same religion to justify these two very disparate policies,
2: yes, and in a certain sense, uh, there's still a lot of like interesting things that sort of how do institutions adapt to this because I mean, if we take this back to the u s and look at the states. Uh, just this week, there was a uh, ruling on Trump's
0: transgender military ban. Yeah, yeah Rach, Thank do goodness.
1: You, do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
0: Okay, yes, of course. On Monday, us. federal judge Colleen Kohler kettley Colleen. Colleen. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry, you're right.
0: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> granted an injunction halting the Trump's administration's transgender military ban until the re- resolution of the court case
1: beginning with a june tweet reading quote please be advised that the united states government will not accept or allow transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the us military uh, end quote so that that's trump's tweet is that mm-hmm. right there's something amazing though about that
3: tweet which was that it was broken up so it started oh. with after consulting with my generals and military leaders i am going to announce that we will no longer accept and then it was a 9 minute break and the Pentagon literally thought that he might be, like, launching a war on North Korea. They had no idea what he was talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were like, we're not going to accept something dot 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 (laughs) nine minutes of panic
2: (laughs) everyone just like refreshing Twitter madly (laughs) (laughs) what are you saying real Donald Trump what What (laughs)
3: what's happening so clearly not really in consultation with his generals because they were not involved in that decision I didn't know what he was talking about
0: part of the problem here too the things he's citing as the difficulties as to why he wants to do this were already debunked prior to him saying this so he's disproving a study that was all he's using rhetoric i guess he should have looked at the study that had al- already happened is what i'm trying to say because they have basically said you know what we don't really see difficulty we have nothing to prove difficulty with transgender in the military but that brings up a real hot potato you guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what um one of their complaints is, is, is being required to then pay for transgender reassignment surgery. Um, what do you all feel about that? Should that be the responsibility of the military if you go in as a man or you go in as a woman and you then come out as transgender? Mm.
1: What does everyone on Facebook Live think about that? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Folks, so the question is, does the military have an obligation to pay for gender reassignment surgery for their um, transgender, um, I want to say employees. Soldiers. Soldiers. I wanted to say employees, but that didn't sound right. Um, It feels like there are two issues. Like
3: morally, is that a valid requirement to to alleviate gender dysphoria is that something to that, be able to serve you mean a goal of a military um, health care right so I think there's that and then there's is even if that is valid is the is the price is the cost too burdensome and I think if we think about I mean I when it came out I kept seeing that the military spends way more money on Viagra for their troops than' oh, is I being spent on that like it really that isn't
0: quite the burden they want to make it seem like. I don't think it is the burden but but let's step back to your first question because mm-hmm. I think that is the crux so I and I think we can break that up into two things one would be should they pay for treatment as far as psychological treatment if you want to see a counselor should they pay for hormones and do you draw the line at hormones and not go on to surgery I mean I think these are legitimate concerns because I could see a lot of people joining the military simply to get reassignment surgery. You know, what a great way to get that done. Really, mm-hmm. though?
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. there definitely are people who are joining the military for economic motives. I think that's problematic. That, well, that's kind that of that's, what, yeah, what, what it is now.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, It's a way out well, for should, people.
1: Should they be paying for all that
2: Viagra well,
1: <laughs> in the first place? <laughs> is I'm glad question. you brought that up. I mean,
2: seriously. The thing that I heard that's interesting about it is that it's uh, prescribed not only for its, you know, traditional use, uh, ED, but also I've heard that it is... Can you
0: say that online? Is that okay? Uh, On air? (laughs) Yeah. Erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction. ED was one thing. That's
2: not ladylike.
1: <laughs> well, I guess I'm not a lady.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh I've heard that's also actually uh prescribed as I believe the term is a vasodilator, um helps like open up your blood wa- your uh blood vessels. Uh-huh. So if you have uh poor circulation and things like that, uh it helps alleviate things and apparently that's sort of Okay. supposedly. Okay. So why yeah. it's being prescribed so readily? So most men it's just poor circulation. Yeah, That's but, what they're
0: calling it. But but I don't think this has to be a comparison. I think it comes back to the basic issue at what degree, if any, is it the requirement of the military to do this? I I feel like
3: there are pretty comprehensive evaluations before you're allowed in and I think if you came in in the mindset of knowing that this was an issue that you didn't share it during your evaluation I think that should perhaps
0: disqualify insurance fraud basically
3: yeah maybe yeah but yeah but I think if it I think if you if you come to that realization later I think I think that perhaps is different but also hey if you're going to give your body up and take all sorts of risks to go around the world and, and do all sorts of things. Is that even asking that much?
2: I don't know. Uh, and honestly, this conversation could probably go on for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of nuance to this. But at this point, we'll have to wrap up our headlines. We'll come back with our guest, comedian Lauren Faber, after a quick music break. Our second- This is listener-supported WFHB, Bloomington, Bedford, Ellettsville, and Nashville. Community radio for south-central Indiana and online at wfhb.org. Right now, it's 68 degrees Fahrenheit in Bloomington. There's a 20% chance of rain tonight with a low of 54. Tomorrow on Friday, there's a chance of rain Uh, before 7 a.m. and also during the afternoon, with a high of 61 degrees and a low of 50 tomorrow night. On Saturday, there's a 30% chance of rain with a high of 66, and on Sunday, there's a 40% chance of rain with a high of 73.
4: of blood. stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly goons from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom, and though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver for no mere mortal.
0: Fifty-seven seconds.
1: Hello. Welcome back to Blooming Out. You were listening to Michael Jackson's Thriller, which will be celebrating its thirty-fifth anniversary at the end of the month. And now we have a special treat. Um Lauren Faber, comedian from North Carolina and all around wonderful person, is here with us. Hey. Thank you so much. Oh, and Lauren is here in Bloomington because she's performing at the Comedy Attic this weekend. Uh, so that's tonight. Yes. At eight. Yes. Friday, eight and 1030 and then Saturday, eight and 1030. And you're opening for Alice, right? Yes. Waterland. Yes. Okay. Okay, good. I got that right. Nailed it.
3: <laughs> also, local Mo Mitchell's going to be there and she's awesome. <gasps> I love that. So Mo. she come hang out with us.
1: Mo, hang out with us this weekend. Oh, you're asking everyone else to hang out? Yes. And they're going to go to the show. Yes. And it's going to be amazing. So that's at the Comedy Attic. Um, What inspired you to get into comedy in the first place? (laughs) I think I have the same
3: story that every comedian has, which is that I got dumped and I was real sad and I needed a hobby. And to talk about my feelings and public. I didn't know
1: that was the oh, no? origin okay. story of many. I should be okay. a comedian. It's mm-hmm. like I
3: hit rock bottom and it was like, what could be worse? <laughs> um, yeah, I I got I got dumped and I, and I had just moved to North Carolina and I didn't know anybody. And I was like, I need to get a hobby immediately. So I took a gardening class, uh-huh. and a drawing class, and a stand-up class. And this is the one okay. that stuck. But also I just went through some papers from elementary school. And it turns out in first grade I had written down that I wanted to be a stand-up comedian when I grew up. So it's
1: and you had forgotten that.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a pretty deeply rooted pathology. Um, I don't know. Why did a first grader know what a stand up comedian was?
2: Uh, now,
1: was
3: my it, question
2: yeah. is, though, is being a comedian the pathology <laughs> or wanting to be?
3: It's a symptom. It's <laughs> a it's like comedy is kind of just a coping mechanism, just really heightened. Uh, you're just you're watching us perform what we should be saying to a therapist.
1: For a lot of people, I think. So what was the first time performing like?
3: Um, Well, the very first time I was in first grade and I was standing uh, in front of everybody lined up to go to lunch. And I did Alan DeGeneres' bit about airplane food and it Mm -hmm. did not land.
4: No. No. And you knew
1: you had to come back for more?
3: No, I was like, I quit. Never again. And then about... Twenty-five years later, at the mm-hmm. age of thirty, I mm-hmm. I went for it. I took a class first, which I think which is, is a, a really, really
1: easy, nice way to dip your toe in. That's what I did too. Yeah,
3: I recommend that. You get some feedback. You get to work on things a few times, uh, and then you get to do a show in front of people who are there, who are not trying to heckle you, friends and family, yeah,
1: supporting you, good people who like you,
3: which is not usually the case in a comedy club. But yeah, I. I think I got up and I ranted about something that had happened to me when I was in Delhi, just being chased by a shoeshine boy. But I was like wearing flip flops and I was like, no, (laughs) you can't shine my flip flops and he wouldn't stop. But then then I got asked to tell a story about um, stalking my high school crush for a Halloween show. So this was just my like three year anniversary of comedy.
1: It was great. So did you get those flip-flops shoe shined? No. Okay. I ran. I thought maybe
3: he. No. I ran screaming from a child for an extended period of time. It wasn't. I don't tell the story on stage because it doesn't make me look great.
1: I feel like that is a business shoe shop shoe shines for flip-flops. Like that's going to be. Is it? I don't know. So uh, (laughs) who are your uh, comedy heroes?
3: Um, Well, definitely Ellen. Um, Rosie O'Donnell I watched as a kid, Uh, Paula Poundstone, Mm -hmm. Avira Kurt. I think you guys are sensing the trend. Um, I didn't catch that (laughs) until (laughs) much later. They're all lesbians. They're all lesbians. Okay. Uh, I just knew that they were funny ladies who were real sweet and didn't wear skirts and talk about being with men. And that was what I liked. That was my speed. Um, Yeah. Now I'm a big, I really like Louis Mm C.K. I'm concerned about what's going to come out. I don't want it. I don't want it to be so
1: you're concerned okay. Mm -hmm. There are rumors. Mm. Yeah, there are rumors. Okay. Okay. There's talk. Um
3: but I love I do love his comedy. He's probably the person who I model myself after the most. That's very high praise for myself, which is not earned.
0: Being from Indiana, who is at the bottom of the totem pole on acceptability, you go I don't know where you came from, but you chose (laughs) North Carolina to come out and do comedy and not necessarily mainstream comedy. Yeah. Tell me more, why and has being out been a problem for you in North Carolina?
3: Hmm. Well, I, I um, North Carolina's great, but I did not choose it. North Carolina chose me. I applied for jobs in this network that's global, and, uh-huh. and Duke was one that called, and it's been lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I was interviewed for something, and I and I read the article, and they were like, "Lauren Faber moved to North Carolina to start her comedy career," and I was like, "That makes no sense." <laughs> <laughs> that that
2: killer you make Raleigh me look scene. so
3: stupid. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I just happened to be here for work, and that was when life got me to do it. Um, it hasn't been too much of an issue being out. I think there definitely a few audiences where i walk out on stage and i'm like so i date women and they're like no and then i have to just make a lot of eye contact while they are unhappy with me but that's really no different than my everyday life so
1: and then what is it like after the show doing a show like that how you know what do you how do you come back from that and keep doing it after you have that
3: it's hard i i quit comedy about three times a week um and then I don't know it. Then I've I've usually already scheduled another show, and I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do this one last show, and then uh-huh. that goes well, and I'm like, I'm amazing, I'm gonna right. be famous, right? <laughs> and then it's just a lot of it's, it's an up and down, coaster. it's a it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, kids.
1: But you talk about. Uh, I recently watched one of your YouTube clips, and I think you were in Portland recently, mm-hmm. Alberta Street Pub, yeah,
3: and the and All Jane Comedy Festival, and I was on Cool Control Yourself with Joanne Schindlerly. She's great.
1: Yeah, I was at that club maybe two months ago. It's a good room. It was awesome. It's a great room. Um, so, so you talk about in your comedy coming out to your parents. So I'm curious, what was that experience really <laughs> like?
3: It's not terribly unlike what I talk about. Um, it's actually Ellen's fault once again. Mm-hmm. Um, we ran into my aunt at church, and she- what year was this? This was 2002. This was the day of my high school graduation
0: party. What church was this?
3: Uh, St. Ignatius Roman Catholic Church Roman Catholic, in okay. somewhere, in Maryland. Um, and this aunt, who's kind of a loose cannon, she grabbed my mom and she was like, how about that, Ellen? I let her do whatever she wanted to me. And my mother was like, oh, oh no, funny. I don't like this. And then my aunt turned to me and she's like, what about you? And what I started to say was like, eh, Ellen's a little masculine for me. And then I realized that that was incorrect to say in front of my mother and I like froze and then my aunt was like what's that about I was like just leave it alone (laughs) so after my graduation party two of my aunts had a talk with me and I told them that I was gay and they were like that's so amazing does your mom know and I was like absolutely not and they were like maybe this is why you guys don't get along it's because you haven't told her this beautiful secret and I was like that is no why we don't get along so they went upstairs and they were like Lauren we're we're gonna tell her if you don't and I was like all right so I went up and I and I Well, first I said, remember when I was eight and I said I was supposed to be a boy and my mom was like, what are you, a man? And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. No, uh, I'm gay. And then she Mm -hmm. uh, said, that's disgusting. And she threw a pillow at me and she ran away. And then they went to go console her. And I told my dad and he was like, huh, all right. Yeah, I kind of figured. But then he was like, well, how do you know you wouldn't enjoy being with a man if you haven't tried one? And I was like, that's such an interesting point, dad. How do you know? (laughs) Have you tried one? And he was like, "Mm,
1: all right. Yeah. Congratulations. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And this was wait, was this at at the church that this happened? No, this was, was at home later. Yeah. It was this was like the party, the uh, the graduation party. Yeah. Wow, that's an intense day. It was a big day. It was a big day. So your wow.
0: relationship now with your mama?
1: Not. No, it didn't help not much. No. Aw.
3: No. Yeah. She tried. She's very concerned with her soul, so she can't
0: condone it. Hmm. I just read nuns and priests can date now each other what What? Well, yeah as long as they don't get in wait the habit. what oh because i've met another some pun hot. as long as they don't get in the habit, it was a joke
1: <laughs> oh okay dang it because i have met some hot priests okay
3: i mean that's what you used to do with your lesbians would you put them in the nunnery and let them just hang out with each other and do whatever
1: <laughs> so folks we have been speaking with lauren faber carolina's Yes, both North and South, funniest person of 2016. We will be returning with Lauren after a short music break. The final track from our featured artist, Michael Jackson, entitled Human Nature from the album Thriller. You've been, been speaking. Oh, you've been, been listening
0: s- to "Human Nature" by Michael Jackson from his album Thriller.
3: That kid's gonna make it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and in, and in, Indiana's prodigal son.
3: That's exciting. Annie Lennox just got an email from somebody being like, "I heard your music on Spotify. We'd like to talk to you about maybe a record deal." And she's like, oh, thank you, thanks, kiddo." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. So, Lauren, uh, let's get into some. Let's go deep. some deep stuff. Let's get in there. <laughs> we were going to talk. We talk. We're going to talk about gender uh, binary and what that means. What I that means for it. you. I it. Um, so that's so, my cue. So that's your cue. <laughs> so so how do you feel about yeah? What what does that even mean? What does that mean for you? Um, it is it's it it
3: chafes. It, it means chafing. That's what gender okay. binary means for me. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I've um, i sort of just started talking about it Um, really in, in therapy. I had one therapist who was like, no, you're not a man. You just rejected femininity because your mom was mean to you. And I was like, oh,
1: okay. Wow. Do you think that's all right. right?
3: I don't know. I think, you know, who knows? And does it matter? I wonder. Right. We talk about like, were you gay from birth? And it was like, well... Uh, There's a comedian in Charlotte, and she's like, no, I was a baby. I was just a baby. (laughs) I think gender and sexuality and all these things are so socially influenced and constructed that I don't think we can say what's inherent to anyone.
0: I I think they're just separated because I think sexuality doesn't come into play until we get a little bit older maybe and Mm -hmm. hormones Mm -hmm. start to Mm -hmm. affect Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. But we know gender-wise how we identify between three to five yeah I think that's what I'm maybe starting to
3: unpack because I've been like yeah I was so obviously a lesbian because when I was eight I told my mom I was supposed to be a boy and then I'm like well, maybe that was a different
0: maybe it that might a have different, been a different yeah. thing
3: yeah hmm. I joke about you know my mom being surprised when I came out and I was like well I was Prince Eric from the Little Mermaid for nine Halloween <laughs> in a row, so wow. I feel like you had the information you needed to get ready for today but it's now that I think about the fact that the, the first thing my mom said to me when I was coming out was, are you a man? And I was like, no.
0: And then I'm like, mm, my, maybe. My <laughs> mom was, okay, I finally came out to my folks, and they knew, too, because of Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I could go out dressed as a woman. Mm-hmm. She goes, you're not gay, are you? And I thought, wow, how interesting. Why that, are that, those two stripes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, why are they related? Yeah, why? In, y- in
1: people's minds.
2: Hmm.
1: It's, it's funny, as a kid, <laughs> no, I was, a, kid,
3: I was a boy for Halloween, and since I cut my hair and started wearing like men's shirts, lately I've been dressing up as a woman for Halloween, and people are like, oh my god, it's so weird to see you like as a woman, but uh, What were you? What were you? I forget. Um, this year, Someone I from- was AG Threadgood from Fried Green Tomatoes, and my uh-huh. partner was a Ruth. Um, the year before that, I was Ruby Rose from uh, her, what, Stella Ca- something from uh, Orange is the New Black. Before that, mm-hmm. I was... Um, Kate McKinnon's character in Ghostbusters. And before that, I was nice. the lesbian from uh, Orphan
0: Black. So how what, often do you do this? How often do you go out as a woman? <laughs> it's
3: only been Halloween, but I love drag so much. And I go to a lot of the shows. And once in a while, the drag queens are like, You're like you should do this. Like, You could be Johnny Depp. And I'm like, ooh, that makes me feel strange. <laughs> drag kings <laughs> still upset me on some level. That's clearly about my like internalized transphobia. But I just learned about... Bio queens and I was like, that would be what fun. What is that? Bio queens are women who dress up as women, which I think is another interesting distinction. As, where it's as
1: very queen. like feminine women, or as,
3: well, I think there's a is there's that the right a, word. There's almost a specific gender Picture that is Victoria just the drag queen. I think <laughs> drag is such a amazing, beautiful subculture that's just this heightened, very specific performance of gender, which I think as a woman or not. I don't know what I am. I could perform in a way that would be funny or interesting. And I think there are very feminine women who are performing something that's other. I want to just read about it. I want to write a paper on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm still unpacking it.
2: I mean, frankly, drag is sort of like a really fascinating art form in uh, a lot of it. ways, because it is really a uh, culmination of so many different things, whether it's fashion and like makeup, sort of what your performance is, are you dancer, singer, you know, random talent person, you know, how do you kind of like bring these all together and craft a character?
0: And I wonder how it's changed now that being transgender is becoming more accepted, maybe the pool of people that do it has varied and the <laughs> reasons they do it has varied because you don't have to do drag to be able to express who you are now, and in the years past, that was basically Halloween and, and stage were your only outlets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, um, I won- yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder whether it's a need to feel who you actually are, or I feel like there are people who just have a character, have a persona, have a someone who like also lives inside them that comes out on stage that they live with, who's fun.
1: It's just for fun, oh, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I just love it.
3: I just love it so much. Oh God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did every could I ask what other people dressed up for Halloween? Oh, Alex.
2: Um I, I am horribly boring. I mean horribly boring. I want uh, I want to know. Uh I I stayed at home and oh. did the dishes. Oh, I thought yeah. it was going
4: to be a boring costume. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm horribly boring. <laughs> that
2: that's a, that's that, maybe that's what I went as. It's okay. just boring. <laughs>
1: why do you, why do you
3: hate joy?
2: <laughs>
0: Rachel, what did you He used joy.
3: <laughs> oh, you oh. are like a pun queen. You Thank need to go on an, an, a master pun. It, wow. It's princess, not
0: queen. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, you know what? Now that I don't have to be limited to Halloween, I just went as me and went down and watched. Um, I'm from Brown County, so I went to the Brown County end of the trail and mm-hmm. with a girlfriend of mine, we just walked and watched all the costumes and loved it. All the kids dressed up and- mm. At one point I walked by a policewoman, and she made a comment about oh everybody's dressing up and I didn't even say anything <sighs> to her because that was meant because she thought I was doing this for Halloween. Interesting. I guess it doesn't say much for my convincibility but isn't that interesting though that huh. that should I have stopped and said something to her? I
1: don't know.
3: It's like hey maybe maybe don't comment on I don't <laughs> It's like, really. If someone is dressing up as a very lovely attractive woman maybe don't talk about that maybe just shush policewoman but yeah but halloween's know. a but weird it, instance where yeah. it's like she oh, was
0: neat. cute i almost wanted oh, to stop okay her. Wow. and so that
1: was the motivation and that could have been the story okay. for them. Well, it
0: probably wasn't okay. her motivation but had i said something <laughs> to her it would have been mine
1: i was a nip slip i don't know what that is a nip slip nip slip can yeah. we say that on the radio I think so. How did you do? Pretty that? sure. I did. I, I wore a slip, uh-huh. and then I attached a baby bottle nipple to it. Oh. Let me tell you, it 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 wasn't salacious in any way, but somehow it it people were very attracted to it. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Where was the yeah. uh, nipple?
1: Attached? Right in the middle of my boobs. So third nipples. So third nipples. Wow. Universally attractive, I think we yeah, it understand. Yeah, wouldn't be
0: Cyclops. What would you call that? Mm. Mm.
1: Unicyclops. <laughs> Hand
3: <laughs> Uni- mm. Wait, what'd you say? Handy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I want to mention, um, Lauren, I'm yes. super excited to see you perform this uh, weekend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> because you're telling jokes I am. at the Comedy Attic. Yes. And that's tonight, tonight. 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. That's... Tomorrow, which is Friday, eight and a ten thirty show. Yeah. And Saturday an eight and ten thirty show. Yeah. Um and ellis Wetterland. Mm-hmm. Uh there are still ticks available. Ticks. There are still ticks.
3: We stay in the bids, we call them ticks. That's right. Yeah. And so she's great. She's I'm definitely awesome.
2: coming. Yep. Good.
3: Yeah, you also count their tickets.
2: Absolutely. Comedy um, Attic is a fantastic venue.
3: It is a storied institution.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, you guys, we are nearing the end of our broadcast for this week. Before we go, we're going to play a song from the local band, The Velours, oh. titled... Actually, I think we're, we're getting, we're getting messages that we, that went we don't too have long? time. So, oh, so sorry, time. The Velours. So let's just... And that's our show for tonight. Thanks for our listeners and for the wonderful volunteers here at WFHB. And
2: thanks to Lauren Faber for stopping by. You can catch Lauren tonight, Friday, and Saturday at the Comedy Attic.
0: Blooming Out is produced by Alex Ashkin. Our executive producer is WFHB's news director, Wes Martin. Jesse Grubb is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I am Rachel Jones.
1: And I'm Kim Hahn. Tune in next week for a brand new Blooming Out. That's every Thursday from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m
0: blooming out indiana's only lgbtq plus radio program airs every thursday evening here on wfhb at 5:30 p.m you can also stream us 24 hours a day seven days a week on wfhb.org or bloomingout.com thank you for listening please tune in again next week to
4: blooming out